Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock, your host, and we are on podcast three in our series of How Do I? And really this stemmed from people asking me, so how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? Just various questions that I've gotten recently. And when I say recently, in the past few weeks or recently slash six months to a year, and then just also ones that I get consistently over and over again. So how do I work on WH questions without picture cards? Because picture cards are boring. And how is that functional anyway? Like, you know what? I don't even get it. So it's hard for me even to give an example because I just don't even really get it. So for WH questions, they've got to be very functional. I think I've said that on all of these How Do I podcasts. So the name of the game of this is functional and purposeful. I can get behind a lot of WH questions. And when I say WH questions, I'll lump in some how in there because it kind of goes with all of that. So usually with WH questions, I start with the function of objects. Here's why I like this question. Not just like what is, what is, what is, because they're going to get that as you work in the context of play to like label things, label nouns, label verbs, use descriptives. They're going to get that like what is, what is. So I tend to not write a goal for what is, where they label objects. Instead, I work on labeling objects and using verbs and using descriptives in the context of play because it's functional. So I usually, if I'm going to write a WH goal to start with, they will answer a WH question to tell about the function of objects because here's why I like it. First off, they have to pay attention to the object at hand. And then also, what is the object doing? So this is an easy to go to target in the context and in the regular thing of play. So you can work on, you know, a toothbrush, brushing the baby's teeth or brushing their teeth. Also, is kind of helps you emerge from that combinational play over to functional play. So if a child is sort of going, starting to emerge into the functional play, and they're really at the stage where they're, it's all about them in the functional play or in the combinational play, and they're starting to just beginning to engage others, then this, what do I do with also helps to work in that direction. So it matches that developmental stage. It also helps to help expand from single words to multiple word phrases. And we did podcast on that, though I didn't talk about how to work on the function of objects in that or how to talk about the function of objects, though we did talk about how to go to from single words to multiple word phrases. So with this goal, like telling the function of object, the child is already consistently using single words. So, and then you're helping them to expand and grow that. So, you know, if you're working on like the function of toothbrush or the spoon or a cup or a shoe or a, or anything, you know, then you want to be able to talk about that. So, you know, with a doll and brushing teeth, you can say, you know, and so, you know, what do you do with the toothbrush? Brush, 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 you can model. What do you do with the toothbrush? Brush, brush, brush. What do you do with soap? And you can have soap and water. And we talked about, you know, washing the animals, making the animals dirty, washing the animals, drying the animals off. Catch that first podcast. It's on the workingtherapist.com on how do I help a child move from single words to full sentences. We talked about that sequencing game where, you know, we're talking about, so, you know, what do you do with soap? You wash with soap. So you can work at the single word level. But so you can wash, 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 whatever it is with soap. And you don't even have to do the sequencing goal that I talked about in that podcast. Instead, you can just work on washing things, you know, and so the whole part of the session, you've just got soap. First, make sure the child's not allergic or use hyperallergenic soap. You know, a lot of times if I'm going to do this goal, I'll use that Johnson's, um, 
baby shampoo or baby soap because it's you know pretty hypoallergenic and it doesn't really have anything in it. And you can even get the kind with like no smell, no nothing. But I always check it out with the parents or guardians, whoever it is, to make sure the child's not allergic in any way. And so, and you can just use a little bit of that and it suds up and that's good enough. So then the child, the, the whatever it is can get dirty and then you wash it. And so you're washing and you're focusing, not so much necessarily on the sequence, but on the purpose and the function of the soap. So you can sort of, you know, squeeze the soap on the object and then you just wash, wash, wash in the water. And, you know, you're not going to get all the soap off, but who really cares? So what do you do with soap? You wash. What do you do with the washcloth? You wash. What do you do with the towel? You dry off. So wash, dry, you know, you can work on those and then you can expand the sentence to, you know, wash pig, wash horse, wash baby, wash foot, wash, if you have a plastic shoe, wash shoe, wash whatever it is, and then dry horse, dry pig, dry. So you can kind of work on expanding that single word to multiple words. And they're also focusing on the object and what do you do with it? So they're naming the object, but more importantly, they're talking about what you do with it. So you're really getting those verbs in there, the concept of that. And then you can also start to do some pre-descriptives too, because we talked about in that podcast, moving from single words to multiple multiple words. And at the end, you're usually working on descriptive stuff. So this goal really helps move a child in that direction. So a lot of times when I'm working on moving a child from single word to multiple word phrases or sentences, I write, child will tell about the function of objects using a single word with a model, B, single word with no model, just cues and setup of task, and then C, you know, independently with a single word. And we'll start to move on to two and three word phrases with that, where I'll use a sentence or a sentence strip and then sort of fade that sentence strip out. But I love that function of object goals. I think that's a great what I never use a picture card. Never, 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 ever, never. I just use objects. If I did use any picture cards to use the picture just to talk about the whole thing, then I'll use it in the context of action or something. So, you know, we might play a tic-tac-toe game. You know, there's big tic-tac-toe games that you can put on the floor and you throw the beanbags and the thing flips over. So sometimes I might put a object picture card on that. And then when you throw the beanbag onto it, then you can talk about what do you do with the toothbrush? I brush my teeth. So that's the advanced level when they're able to use a whole sentence. So there's two groups here when you're working on this function of objects goal. There's those that you're wanting to move from a single word and really paying attention to the object and how do you use it functionally and play, moving them from combinational play to functional play to playing together with others. And then there's the group who is using sentences. And then also in the first group, they're using single words to move them multiple word sentences. But then there's the group that's already using sentences, but their speech is very general, you know? So when you're showing them pictures in a book or whatever, you say, who is that? They use a lot of that one or this one or that's it or just very general language, not very specifically talking about what's happening in the picture. So with this group, I'll go back to my what do you do with the and really help them focus on telling and explaining what do you do with the toothbrush. They might already know, usually this group, they already know what you do with the toothbrush, but they can't express it or they can't come up and, and give you very specific information when asked a very specific question. These kids have a lot of trouble. They are kind of talk like cursory around stuff, not getting to the heart of the matter. So this particular group of kids say, you know, hey, tell me two things about a dog. And they might say, oh, it's got four legs and fur. Well, how's that different than a cat? It's not. They have a lot of trouble telling what makes a dog a dog versus a cat a cat versus a cow a cow, you know? So they have a hard time giving you the specifics of really hearing what's been asked and really providing the specifics of what's been asked. So with this, what do you do with the, you really want to help slow this kid down so they can really listen to 
What do you do with the whatever it is? And then, so really, what am I asking you? Pay attention, listen, listen, listen. And then tell me specifically about what do you do with the. So with these kids, I don't want to confuse them with the action and activity, but I do want to keep them engaged and, and with me. And so, you know, throwing that beanbag is just a temporary little, here, let's move your body for just a second, give you something to do to move your body. And now focus on that toothbrush and tell me, you know, what do you do with the toothbrush? I'll also play like that spot it game. If you don't know spot it, you need to know spot it. Spot it's a great game because they have to identify two things that are the same on that spot it card. So they have to really sit and look. Plus, you know, it's fun and it really actually is a lot of fun. So they have to flip them over and they have to find two things of the same. Some of those pictures on the spot it game are a little not like bad or anything. They're just weird because you don't like, they're hard to talk about. But most of the things on the spot at game are pretty easy to talk about. And you can come up with some kind of functional something, you know, that's maybe related to. So they can identify, you know, whatever's on the spot at card, like the ice cube. And then you can say, you know, what do you do with ice? You put it in your drink. And so some of these kids, I might even move into the why goal, but I definitely work on like, what do you do with it? So there's definitely work on what do you do with, but I don't ever do a just picture card after picture card after picture card. Cause number one, it's just no fun. And then number two, why are you doing that? How functional is that? So what I'm asking you to do here is to take a step back and think about, okay, what is the child missing? And then what question goal am I working on to really target the core of what they're missing? And so for that second group of what, question kids, what do you do with the kids that I talked about is they're missing really listening to the question and then being able to give you very specific, detailed, specific answer. I said specific there multiple times, but I really want you to hear that word about the object at hand that really involves the core of that object, you know? Same thing for where kids who are older and who are having trouble with what, where, when, why, how questions. I would say all of those kids are really missing the listening to the question and then understanding to what to really give you back to answer the specifics, the heart of the question. So sometimes before I even work on those, I'll go to same different goals. Like tell me how a cow is different than a horse. How is a cat different than a dog? What makes a cat a cat and a dog a dog? You know, because they both got four legs and fur and they can live in a house. Both those things can be a pet, but what makes a dog different than a cat specifically? You know, what makes a plane different than a bird? What makes a cookie different than the cake? You know, so really let's do same and different. What makes them the same? What makes them different? And let's talk about very specific three things with descriptives, really getting to the heart of it. So when versus talking all the way around it, let's get to the heart of that. And I don't do any of that with picture cards. I might have the picture of the object, but I'm doing it in the context of play with other activities. So then if you're going to move into not just them answering the what questions or any of the questions, and then we'll talk about where, when, why, and how questions after this, but then get them to ask it, you need to set up a functional type of routine. So a lot of times I'll set up a game, you know, and you only are giving them not parts of the game, but you're not helping them set up any part of the game. Of course, number one, they have to be familiar with it. But then what do I need or what comes next or what do I do? So they can answer the question. Then you want to move into a modified go fish or old maid kind of a framework of a game. Or, you know, remember the guess who game is still out there where you have to talk about the people and the descriptives. And it's a great way for them to ask questions. And for old maid, do you have the whatever it is? But for specifically what, like if you're working on, you know, what questions like function, you can use in this way picture cards, but you're really setting up a game. I dare I say picture cards, but you can do a picture cards with games where you're pairing up 
but you got to do a little work on the front side to pair up like objects that you use together like soap and washcloth so you can have them ask the question you know what do you do with a toothbrush and then they have to match on the other side toothpaste or something you know what do you do with a toothbrush and then the other person has to answer i brush my teeth and then you know what goes with the toothbrush and then the other person is answering toothpaste so that's a way to get them to set up like answering and asking what questions with a partner or with you in a more functional type of way rather than just like with more dry like worksheets or made up situations i mean you're kind of making it up you can also set up a doing a recipe like there's lots of craft ideas out there for like making little things or if you have a situation like in a clinic where you can make brownies or make cookies or make cupcakes this is always easy there's also those non-cook recipes too and for people who cook you probably a lot better ideas than I do considering I don't and I kind of stop with the whole brownie thing then I'm sort of limited there but with older kids especially making things are a great way to really set up normal question asking and answering so that you can kind of create you know, what do I need next? Or what do you do with this spoon? Or you can just hold up a spoon and a knife randomly as you're making this and, you know, just stare at them. And they, they say, well, give me that. Well, give me that's very general. So what do you need? And then get them to use a sentence. Well, I need a spoon. And then you can say, well, what do you do with the spoon? Put it in there. Well, that's not an okay answer. What do you do with the spoon? You're going to have to, and you can model the word, you know, for stir. And then get them to use the whole sentence for stir. And that can evolve into you setting up a scenario where they have to sort of ask the question. You're going to have to use your imagination a little bit in this, but I think recipes are a great way to use this versus this picture cards and worksheets. And if you're working in the schools, you can think that's super duper great, but how am I going to do that in the schools? Maybe you can't make brownies. I don't know. Maybe you can, but maybe you can also set up this game scenario, set up trying to make any kind of craftsy thing works this way. It's exactly the same thing as a recipe. So any craft or any setting up of a game, but just don't set it up for them, help them set it up and then kind of keep putting obstacles in the way. So they have to ask questions or you ask questions in a functional way for them to give it back to you, you know? I love the Melissa and Doug mess-free glitter because it's very simple, but you can also have them, well, what do we have to do next? Well, what is that? Well, where is that? So all those questions are there for the mess-free glitter. It's pretty self-explanatory when you get it out. But also I love the Eboo fairy tale game. This is advanced, but you have to build a story with objects and people and pieces that come with the game. And so it's a great way to ask, you know, what questions and where and how and when questions all within the context of that game that you naturally have to ask to play the game. So you can start off with a little bit of a model and then sort of pair your model back. It's also great with another child. So I use all of those for these without ever using a worksheet. Another thing that I love for how questions are, you know, how are things different? So comparing like in the highlights, you know, with like what's different about these two pictures. Well, how are they different? And then also when you set up like the what's wrong here pictures are, those are great. Like why? So why doesn't, why don't you see, you know, why can't you see a mixer in a flower pot? Like I saw that one last week. Why? You know, where does the mixer go? Where do you use the mixer? Well, that's in the kitchen. After they get better at answering, asking and paying attention to the detail of this and coming up with full sentences, talking specifically about what the issue is, then they'll start to naturally start asking these questions. But I love the what's wrong here pictures, same and different when you're comparing objects, silly pictures. I love all of those to talk about these what, where, how, when, why questions. And then I love puzzles too, where we can talk about, we build up like, you know, the 48 big floor piece puzzles. Also, Eboo has some phenomenal action puzzles. There's a lot of activity in there, but there's a lot of action picture puzzles. So you can have a person who's 
partially like on a skateboard. And so you can say like, where do you play with the skateboard? You play with a skateboard in the house or you play with a skateboard outside if you're really helping them sort of build that vocabulary around that. And so if they say in the house, you can say in the house because a lot of times they're not really thinking about their answer. You play with the skateboard in the house? Like on your carpet, you know, you could talk about how that that's kind of crazy and what's going to happen and the consequences of all that. And so, no, 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 outside. Okay. So where do you play with the skateboard? And then help them say, I play outside. So a lot of times you have to ask the question, give them a choice, help them come up with the right answer, and then help them build the sentence for where they play with it outside and how they do it outside. So other things you do on with WH questions without using pictures, there's things like the and these are easy things like Toysmith makes them. They have a snowman that's like a melting snowman. It's like this little clay and you put the snowman together and he melts. They also have the monster version of this. It's like Play-Doh or putty and you put the monster together so you can help them build the snowman and you can have pictures too. So they can also follow a pattern. They understand what's coming next in pictures without you telling them. And you can say, okay, well, we've got the arms. So what else do I need? And you can have the two body parts, you know, the eyes and the ears. Well, what do I need? You know, what do you do with your eyes? eyes, you know, and have them help tell you, what do you do with your hands? Like for the snowman or the monster, same thing with like those cars. And we've talked about this in other podcasts, those auto blocks where you're building the car. I love some auto blocks. You can't tear them up by the way. They're great. But you know, I've got the first part of the car. What do I need next? Do I need the wheels or the back of the car? Do I need the top or the front of the car or whatever else is next? And then depending on what kind of car you're building, because they have like, you know, rescue cars. So you can talk about, well, you know, do you need a police car with the fire truck? That's getting very subtle and the differences between the two. But for a child where you're really helping them work on and focus on how these things are the same and different and what makes this work and then why you would put this here, which is all what's happening with these questions, you can really start to get into some specifics and the auto blocks are nice for that. So is the snowman melting and the melting monster. Those are all cool. Anything where you got to start with one thing and end up with something else works for all of this because you can set up various scenarios and you can make the child ask. It goes back to the same thing as those recipes we're talking about, the crafting thing, the mess-free glitter. All of that works for these questions goals without ever using the first picture card. The only thing I ever do with a picture card is attach it to like a tic-tac-toe game or like a bowling pin so I can knock it over or knock it down or a popper. I stick it to the wall so I can hit a popper with it because they're just not a lot of fun. Who wants to sit at a table and just look at picture cards? Like, I do not want to do that. Most kids don't either. So I encourage you to think about the function and the purposeful use of these, you know, and what is the child, the concept that they're really missing? Are they missing the details of how to answer? Are they missing the vocabulary with how to answer? Are they really missing the question that you're asking, really listening to the question and staying on point with it? So I think from there, that will tell you how to work on the what, where, when, why, and how. Personally, I love a why question because you can get them cool, fun stuff. And that also takes you to inferences. So you can start very specific, very concrete with these goals. And then when you start to get to why and how and when, and when can be very concrete and specific, but then you can also start to move to inferencing with when, then you can really start to talk about some inferences and okay, well, I see this in the picture. So then what do we think might happen next? You know, why would that happen next? Well, I see a boy carrying a big, huge bucket of water and he's getting ready to walk down the stairs and there's a roller skate at the bottom of the stairs. Well, in the picture, it doesn't show that he's going to fall and trip on the roller skate and spill the water everywhere, but that's probably what's going to happen because he can't see the roller skate. He's probably going to fall and the water's going to everywhere. He's going to get wet. So you can create that 
inferencing there that's in the picture but then you can talk about and then you can even have water you know put a whole like little blob of water on the table and so that they can feel the wet and think about the wet and things are going to get wet and how wet is different than dry so they can really start to think about you know there's water in that bucket you can use some of that type of stuff to help them build those abstract concepts for inferring you can also talk about with that melting snowman and melting monster thing i just talked about you know if you leave them there it doesn't take long for them to melt when i say melt in quotes you know the putty's just soft so it just mushes all down so it looks like it's melted it's really pretty rocking actually so if you leave them there for a few minutes they start to really kind of melt and so you can talk about that in terms of inferencing about you know when does a snowman melt well what happens outside when it melts you know and then how does it feel hot versus cold and you can have some hot things and some cold things and you know how it feels differently and what you have to wear as a result and how your body feels different you know you can talk about all of those things with the melting snowman or the melting monster though monsters melt but anyway you can just talk about that with the snowman so that's some of my ideas on how to work with wh questions without using picture cards how to keep it functional and fun and help keep the kids engaged without using any kind of picture cards and also it will be fun for you because who doesn't like to play with a melting snowman? It's a good time, people. There's also a pretty cheap, inexpensive options and toys and that kind of thing. So none of the stuff I talked about today is expensive. All of it's pretty easy to find. Probably about all of these toys I talked about today, I've talked about in other podcasts. Those are all on theworkingtherapist.com or on pediatricdt.com. You can also see probably pictures of a lot of these toys on our website at pediatricdt.com if you're looking for those pictures and kind of understanding what they are. Check those out there. Check out more episodes of our podcast on theworkingtherapist.com. And we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. So thank you for spending some time with me today. I love talking about this goal. It's a lot of fun. Lots of cool, fun stuff you can do. So thanks so much. And I'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.